This is what we do. Three, two, one. And here we go, 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 go. Not Another Nerdy Podcast, episode number 71. My name is Tom Van Zandt, I'm your host, and with me is my magical and my metal co-host, the official lawyer of Not Nation, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Christopher Todd. Good evening, Tom. How are you today? I'm great, buddy. How are you? Oh, I am just wonderful on this lovely lovely night in springfield massachusetts usa earth milky way <laughs> good i'm glad to hear it i mean it's actually nice out i mean when was the last time we've been getting nice weather it's been hot as balls for a month it feels it's like it's been a pretty crazy summer oh, i'm done with it fall can get here anytime now yeah i like fall too kids going back Uh-oh. to school this upcoming week so that's pretty crazy Hard to believe. Oh, that means crossing guards again. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for the little darlings. They're going to be running around, people. Look both ways. Don't be texting and driving. There are three crossing guards on my way to work in the morning who all basically just wander into traffic at the worst possible time. (laughs) One one of them is on on Maple Street where Central comes downhill. And you'll have a green light and he'll walk into traffic as you're coming down the hill with the stop sign up (laughs) to let kids cross. And I just want to stop and say, shouldn't you be teaching them to wait till it's a goddamn red light so they can actually cross? And and you wonder what, you know what it's like living in Springfield. People just wander into traffic here. Yeah, I know. But see, the crossing guards teach them bad habits. It's a power thing for the crossing guard. He's got the power with that little handheld stop sign. He can stop traffic, or at least he hopes the traffic will stop for him. But this is, as you pointed out, Springfield, Massachusetts, USA Earth Milky Way. And people don't always stop in Springfield, Massachusetts, USA Earth Milky Way. (laughs) And you know what? I I can't confirm this, but somebody told me that the crossing guards in the city get paid 40 bucks an hour. What? Yeah. I think I need a part-time job. Exactly, to sit up. For what four hours a day of that? That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. That's your tax money at work. Anyway, that's not very nerdy. So moving no. on. Yeah, that's right. So uh, people are probably wondering why I haven't bothered to introduce our other co-hosts. Wait a second. Wait a second. Derek. Derek. <laughs> Derek. Money. Yeah. There's money. no no need to play the J Money theme tonight because. It's just me and Chris. <laughs> Crickets from all other corners of the internet, unfortunately. Everyone was supposed to record. They had all confirmed they were all going to record with us. I thought Derek was on vacation this week. He is on vacation. Oh. But apparently he had better things to do uh, than record with you and I. And money must have fallen asleep. So this was going to be a terrific con recap we have other things we're going to talk about as well. Don't worry. But Money was going to give us a recap of Terrificon, which was a couple weekends ago. And, of course, the lovely librarian, Kate, who was kind enough to guest host on our previous episode, she attended Terrificon as well and met up with Money, and we were going to hear all about the adventures and exciting things that happened to them at Terrificon. Well... Unfortunately, now that's not going to happen because money didn't show up. And money wonders why Mitch from Terrificon doesn't give him press passes. He can't even show up for a Terrificon recap and talk up the show. Money, that's how you get Mitch's attention. That's how you get future passes. So, it's you and me, buddy. Hey, question for you before we go too much further. Did I see that there's going to be a Comic-Con in Springfield next year? There is. Springfield Comic-Con by uh, promoter Mike Federale is going to be... It's going to be at the Mass Mutual Center? I believe that is where it's going to be, yeah. Well, hot damn. Yeah. 
Now, of course, we all know and love the original little Springfield Con, Bing Con, which happens every October. But that's a much smaller scale than what Mike Federale is planning. So we love Bing Con, and we will be there this year as we are every year. But looking forward to this bigger con and seeing what they can bring to Springfield, see who they can draw. It'll be interesting uh, they can get any big-name artists and celebrity guests to come to oh, good no. old Springfield, Massachusetts, USA Earth, Milky Way. So that's going to be next July, I believe. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that announced. I thought that was awfully early for uh, for the announcement, but I- I'm excited. Yep. I mean, I'm around. I'll go. Something to look forward to. Maybe we can score some press passes for that and talk it up on the podcast. Maybe we'll even have Mike Federale on to promote it. Who knows? Ooh, we can get a table where we can sign. Can we sign autographs? I want to sign an autograph. I don't think anybody wants our autographs, dude. There's got to be like three people out there who want our autographs. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm setting the bar low. Three people. That's my, all I want. My mom might want my autograph, maybe. I, I don't know who else would want my autograph. <laughs> I was going to say, probably not your wife. <laughs> no. no, she just wants my paychecks. She could care less about the autographs. Actually, she wants the autographs on the checks. She wants me to sign the checks over and then give them to her. So she does want my autograph on that check. Well, that's what you do, is you don't sign any checks that week and make her come down to the con. (laughs) If you come see me at the con, I'll sign the check at the table so I can look important. Thank you, honey. (laughs) I don't know. I think we're underestimating that nation right now. Oh, I never underestimate the power and nerdiness of Not Nation. I'm sure they'll come through if we actually show up at Springfield Comic Con. But let's face it, how often do we actually go to anything we talk about going to? I mean, I have no I have no free time or life. So, I mean, this is right in our backyard, so there's a good chance I'll be there. But Right across the street from my office. There you go. But we'll talk more about that as we get closer to next july because this is august of 2019 <laughs> so we're almost a year away from that so we'll well this is just a it's just a teaser that's it's right teaser that's right so hey, all you knotheads across the land plan ahead now next july you're gonna make a pilgrimage to springfield massachusetts usa earth milky way so you can come to springfield comic-con and and meet the boys from not another nerdy podcast there you go and if they get really lucky, I mean, really super lucky, and they get there just the right time, they'll actually get to see money taking pictures of his food. <laughs> that would be something. Hey, they don't want to be on tonight. It's fair game. That's right. We're going to just rail <laughs> on them and <laughs> rag on them. <laughs> I still can't figure out why the other day he posted a picture of an IHOP. Because of the IHOP network. Nice segue, Chris. Ah, yes. I like to. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah it, took, it took me a second. Yeah. So the IHOP Radio Network is a network of podcasters, and we belong with that group. I don't know if we belong. I don't know if we belong with them, but we we belong to the that group. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be part of it, but we are. And yeah, the great group of podcasters. Dinner and a podcast is in there. Uh, the Gooners podcast, which follows soccer or excuse me football as they like the european football uh we got matt lees we got um aussie in the palm although i haven't seen them put out a new show in a while not judging because lord knows we've taken breaks but I well think, i hope everything's okay with them yeah i think they're still involved and um dudes in toyland of course so yeah that's the ihop radio network and check out all those cool podcasts including ours but you're already listening to ours so that point is moot i don't even know why i'm promoting myself when you're already listening it's kind of silly but we will tell you where you can find all things not another nerdy podcast see i suck at this i'm not good with social media shit this is why joey always did it on so wizard can't we just go to virtual j money (laughs) yeah i think we should because I'm not good at pitching this stuff. So Virtual J Money, if you would please tell everyone where they can find all things Not Another Nerdy Podcast. 
Facebook.com backslash not podcast one. Instagram and Twitter at not podcast one. We are on there all day long. You are so money and you don't even know it. Thank you, Virtual J Money. See, he made an appearance virtually. <laughs> He's here in spirit. I wish Virtual J Money could tell us about Terrificon 2019. But anyways, here we are. What are we going to talk about tonight since it's just the two of us? And you know, it's been a slow, nerdy week, except for one very big bombshell. I think there were a couple bombshells. Well, there was there was one that seems that's out bombing everything else. <laughs> there's one the that nuclear sh- there's one that shook the nerd world to its core. So I guess we'll tackle that one. And ironically enough, it's the last three episodes have been very Spider-Man centric. And this episode <laughs> is also Spider-Man centric. In episode 69, we talked about <laughs> the sp- you are so juvenile. I don't know why that's funny. So, in episode 68 plus one, we talked about Spider-Man Homecoming, the last trailer. And then in the last episode, episode 70, we talked about the movie itself. and did a 69 little, plus one. Right. We did a little recap review. Well, <laughs> remember when we did our recap review in episode 70, I had said that I was sick of all the Tony Stark talk and all of the MCU shit dominating the Spider-Man movies. Well, be careful what you wish for, ladies and gentlemen, because... <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Back. Break, break the news. What, what's going on? Welcome for a special news report. Well, 24 hours be- prior to recording this podcast, news was leaked that the relationship between Sony and Marvel is coming to an end. That's right. Whereby Marvel will not no longer be allowed to use Spider-Man in the MCU. That's some bullshit. And not even mention him. Not even mention him. <laughs> Apparently, the gist of what's going on is that the deal that Sony and Marvel had reached, well, we have to go back in time. Shall we have a little bit of recap of, of Spider-Man business history? All right, go ahead. Okay, so 1996, Marvel had made some incredibly bad investments. The comic book publishing industry was going straight down the shitter, and Marvel declared bankruptcy. And one of the only ways for them to raise enough capital to get out of bankruptcy was to leverage the film rights to many of their biggest characters. Hence the reason that Fox ended up with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, and how Sony ended up, after much litigation, controlling Spider-Man. Well, Sony, part of their deal was they had to make Spider-Man movies every certain number of years. I think it was every five years, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. That's why we got, well, you got the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi movies. You got the three, Mm -hmm. and then they rebooted it with Andrew Garfield after Spider-Man 3 was a giant pile of crap. And then, ironically enough, the Andrew Garfield ones were... Not much better. Giant piles of crap. Mm -hmm. So Marvel came in and worked out a deal with Sony where they would be able to use, they would be able to use Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the deal that they had was that Sony would pay for the movies, pay for the cost of making the movies, 100%. Marvel would produce the movies and have creative control, even though Sony would have final say on the story. So basically Marvel wrote the movie and Sony signed off on it. Right. It came down. And in the end, Marvel got to keep all of the merchandise profit for Spider-Man, but only got 5% of the profit from the box office, the gross box office take of the movie. Right. So Marvel wants to change that deal where they, equally split the financing of the movie with Sony and equally split the profits. That's right. And Sony said, bye, Felicia. (laughs) Well, the reason why (laughs) Spider-Man Far From Home made over a billion dollars. It's the the biggest grossing Spider-Man movie to date. Right. So 
obviously Disney and Marvel see this and they're like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We all know damn well that the reason that movie did so well is because of its direct tie-in to Avengers Endgame. I mean, it was basically, as you said in the previous episode of Not Another Nerdy Podcast, it was basically an extended credits and credits scene to Avengers Endgame, that entire movie. I mean, everything about that movie was about Avengers Endgame and the, the repercussions of it. And that's why it did so well, because everyone who went and saw Avengers Endgame also went and saw Spider-Man Far From Home so they could see what happened next with these characters and how they dealt with the death of Tony Stark. Spoiler alert. So, of course, it makes... Endgame's, a, out, on, Endgame's out on Blu-ray now. I know. It There's was, no spoilers it was, left anymore. It was a joke. I know. So, of course, Disney and Marvel want a bigger piece of the pie, and rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't for them... And that tie-in to Avengers Endgame, that movie wouldn't have come close to those numbers. Not close to it. And Sony knows it. So everyone who's saying Disney's being greedy, because that's all I see on the internet. Everyone wants to blame Disney for being greedy. Fuck you. Disney's not being greedy. 50-50 split is not greedy. That's fair. If you think about it, they're only getting 5% of the movie. Which is so nothing. Ultimately, they're making a movie, which they don't have to pay for, obviously. So they're not technically in the hole at all. No, but it's Sony's their creative. It. But it's their creative. Uh, exactly. You know, it's their ideas and their story that's making the movie for Sony. So they should be compensated better than five fucking percent. Give me a break. The thing made a billion dollars. Are you kidding me? Anyone that thinks Disney is being out of line here. You need to really think, rethink your fucking... But, but put it in perspective. If you're an artist or a creator, uh, someone uh, you're a writer. Okay, somebody offers to publish your comic book for you and pay for it all. Okay, let's say that's Sony. They're going to publish this guy's idea. And then they're going to keep all the profits but 5%. Does that seem fair to you? I mean, it's the guy's creative property. Yes, they put up the money and paid for it. But if it makes a billion dollars, that's ridiculous. Listen, the, movie, the movie made a billion dollars because Marvel wrote a damn good story. Well, not because Sony footed the bill. It, because, hold on, because Marvel wrote a decent story and because of the repercussions of Endgame. I mean, you got to admit that a good chunk of those ticket sales were because people wanted to see what was going to happen after Endgame. They couldn't give two flying fucks about Spider-Man. They just wanted to know what came next. They... Yeah, a lot of it. But, you know, I think that the fact of the matter, that Homecoming, which also did exceptionally well financially, was a very good movie. Obviously, probably one of the top five or six MCU movies, arguably. Yeah, it was and good. Sony, they've made five Spider-Man movies. They've made... Venom, mm -hmm. well, five live-action Spider-Man movies, Venom, and then Into the Spider-Verse. Right. And of those seven movies, Into the Spider-Verse, regardless of what money would say, I think is the best of the bunch. Well. For, except for the extra casting in Spider-Man 1. <laughs> no, I, you see, I can't count Into the spider I love Into the Spider-Verse, but it's an animated movie. I can't put it in the same category with those live action spider-man movies it's, well, it's still it's still a sony spider-man movie okay and it's yeah, and yeah, it's and great it, but, but i can't say it's better than the the first spider-man the sam raimi spider-man the original is still the best out of all the ones they made it's of just, the live action movies yes and it's not just because i'm in it but it's the first time you see spider-man on the big screen and he doesn't look hokey. They actually, Sam Raimi actually pulled it off. He made that costume work. You know what I mean? He made the story work. Now, I'm a big fan of Spider-Man 2. Don't get me wrong. I love Doc Ock. I love that movie. But the first one, just like the first Star Wars, is always going to have a special place in my heart. So is the first Spider-Man. And not just because I'm an extra no. in it. No, fair enough. I mean, one was very good. Two was, I don't think, quite as good. 
three was just a marvelous pile of shit. <laughs> I would say two is on par with one, but one gets a little. I'm not going to go that. Not going to go that far. And I never really clicked with the with the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies. Nah. I just he was. A, I didn't buy him. Peter Parker. He was a terrible Peter Parker. Yeah. Oh, God. And and Amazing Spider Man two was just. Oh God. They butchered Electro. What a what a fucking mess. Oh, and but, nothing against but, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is a fine actor, and I had no problem with him being cast as Electro. But man, did they ruin that character! That was just but, terrible. And that's absolutely right. But the thing is, all five of those movies made a lot of money. Right. Every one of them. Sony did well, but they didn't do Marvel well on those movies. Right. So basically. Kind of the attitude I get from Sony is that, well, we made Spider-Man movies before. We can keep making them. People are going to come see them. We might not make a billion dollars, but we'll make $700 million. Yeah, well. And it's, that's no not chump change at all. But the problem that they don't realize, they're sort of like an addict who gets off the sauce <laughs> right. and, then, and then thinks that they got it licked. Yeah. But they really don't. They got to keep you know, you got to keep it the keep it the rehab to keep it good. Well, rolling Spider Man and the Tom Holland Spider Man into the MCU and the way they fully integrated him into the story changed Spider Man completely. Yeah, exactly. And now you want to have Tom Holland Spider Man movies with no mention <laughs> of anything that happened in Civil War. Homecoming, Far From Home, zero, or either Avengers movie. Zero connection. He's just suddenly so, supposed to forget Tony Stark exists and never mention him again. Hey, where'd you get your suit? <laughs> uh, from Snark Enterprises. <sighs> it's ridiculous. Hey, weren't you in that big fight with Janos? Oh, God, it's so terrible. I can already, I can already imagine what they're going to do, okay? The writer in me is already thinking... They're going to have some line from Aunt May where she talks about a bad breakup referring to Happy Hogan, but they don't mention him. But they're going to say, we don't talk about that. <laughs> make some joke about... They're going to make some snide joke about the whole situation. If they even make a movie without Marvel. I'm still not convinced they're going to. Frankly, I think this news was leaked to get fan, the fan reaction that they got. Right. That this, this was to get people like us indignant and talking about this to show Sony that they need Marvel. I Exactly. Sony needs Marvel more than Marvel needs Sony. I mean, the MCU well, was you know incredibly I'm successful not, before Spider-Man ever showed up, and it will be incredibly successful without Spider-Man. I think it's better with Spider-Man, and I want Spider-Man in it, but they don't need Spider-Man as much as Sony needs I, that tie-in. I, see, I agree with you, and I don't. No, really. I that that Sony that Sony probably needs Disney more than Disney needs Sony, but the fact of the matter is Disney still really needs Spider-Man because they have made Peter Parker and Spider-Man such an integral part of the MCU going forward. No, you're right. He's basically the that, new Tony Stark. I mean, they basically yeah, said him, in in Far From Home that he was replacing Tony Stark. And to pull him out would just require a lot of creative storytelling that I'm sure that no writer wants to deal with. That's right. I mean, the things that they have that they have to deal with story-wise over the next however long the MCU goes for, starting with a five-year time jump that that they have to write into every movie from here on out. Right. And account for the what are we calling it? The snap, the blip, the blip. I don't know. <laughs> I thought the blip was when they came back and the snap was when they left. Well, the blip is what people who disappeared refer to their disappearance. They refer to yeah. their five-year disappearance as a blip. The snap okay. is the event that caused the blip. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense. But, you know, they've got that huge storytelling, and I'm, I'm fully confident that they're going to make excellent movies and work it into them. But then they've also got what I think that is going to be the biggest challenge for Marvel going forward now that they own Fox is how in God's name are they going to integrate the Fantastic Four and X-Men into the MCU? Hmm. Because the rough guess that I've read is 2024 to 2025, we're going to see the X-Men and Fantastic Four back, back in the fold. Right. Because we've got the movies planned out through 2021, 
But that doesn't include Spider-Man 3, Black Panther 2, Guardians 3, Captain Marvel 2, which all we all know are, are coming. Right. They have to. Plus some sort of big team-up Avengers-style movie. And we got to work in X-Men and Fantastic Four because you, you paid all this money for them. You know, you're not going to get your old toys back and not play with them. That's right. But here's the problem I see with that. And I guess we're kind of... Did you like that segue, by the way? Yeah, perfect. That was pretty good. I guess it? I guess we're done talking about Sony and Spider-Man. <laughs> well, we, they're going to work that shit out. I think... This was, this was something to get us all fired up. I think they have and, to. I mean, at the end of the day, you cannot have a Tom Holland sequel and pretend Far From Home and Homecoming didn't happen. You can't... How do you do that? You've established so much... And especially with the cliffhanger that Far From Home ends on, right. you can't have a new Spider-Man movie and completely ignore that. That's right. Unless you're going to reboot it. And if you're going to reboot it, you might as well get a new actor. Oh, God. And let, no. and let Tom Holland go be in the MCU as Night Monkey. Jesus. <laughs> the last thing we need... You know, Spider-Man should last at least as long as the average James Bond does. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Onto the the other storytelling quandary that I I actually wonder about this. I think the Fantastic Four are the easy ones to work in. No, oh, abs- absolutely, especially with all the cosmic stuff they've already established. That 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 won't yeah. be hard. They, they go to space, get hit with yeah. some rays, become the Fantastic Four. Right. Wonderful. And, and to X-Men, be honest with you, it could have already happened. Like they, much like they dealt with Spider Man in the MCU, they never retold his origin. He was just there he already had his powers he was established they can do the same thing with the fantastic four you don't need to do an origin story they just show up you're right but the timing is a is important okay and the same thing for the x-men because if all of a sudden you start an x a new x-men franchise and how many x-men have there been do you think over the 40 or so years that they've been a thing you mean mutants yeah how many mutants do you think oh my god hundreds Okay, and you have Logan, who's what, 80, 90 years old? Right. How in God's name do you say we have these mutants? We have Storm and Magneto and Cyclops and Nightcrawler and all and Professor X and all of these mutants. And for the, well, I guess technically 16 years worth of movies from when Iron Man first showed up in 2009 up through the, the blip to 2023... Where the fuck were they for all of the big fights? Oh, this is easy. No, it's not. Sure it is. If you're going to give me the Professor X erased everybody's mind line, then they just don't. Just don't do that. I'm not. Okay, then what are you going to give me? They don't exist in this corner of the MCU. The next Doctor Strange movie... The next Doctor Strange movie, I believe, is going to deal... Is going to actually deal... With the multiverse, because Far From Home didn't. That was a red herring that Mysterio threw at everyone. But I think you're going to see some multiverse stuff in the next Doctor Strange. And my belief is that in one of these multiverses, the X-Men are alive and well and already established. And that's going to bridge them over to this universe. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Because you're right. There's way too many. The only way they can do it. Yeah, I mean, there's way too much rich history with the X Men and way too many characters to just have them all suddenly show up. It, it wouldn't make any sense. You have you'd have to develop that from the beginning, like you did with all these Avengers movies, all the solo movies, and then build up to the Avengers. You'd have to do that same thing with the X Men characters, unless they're already established and they're powered and they're costumed and they're in another universe. And something Doctor Strange does rips a hole in the fabric of reality and merges the universes or there's a gateway to get back and forth. I don't know. But that seems to be, to me, the easiest way to bring them in and explain it. And that may be the only way because you can't say that Charles Xavier, who theoretically would be middle age, has been watching all of these major things going on. And and he has a team of superheroes who are just sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. That would be totally unbelievable. I mean, the the funny part is, the easy thing, 
because they're keeping Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. Mm-hmm. All he could just say was like, eh, I felt like sitting this one out and everybody could believe it. Well, it and, but that's another reason why I'm going with the multiverse theory because that's how they're going to bring Deadpool over. Yeah, that's... I mean, that, that would make the most sense. That's about the only thing they can really, they can really do. Right. Is, because it's no way they can exist in the same universe concurrently with the current Avengers and have any way of telling a story that, that accounts for the fact that they set out the battle of New York, the battle of Wakanda. Right. You know, they, they sat everything out when they would have been a big goddamn help for all of that. Oh yeah, sure. Especially the telepaths. I mean, and the, you know, I mean, professor X would have been like instrumental in helping to stop Thanos if he could have taken over his mind. Are you kidding? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, all of the, even just picking the, the biggest and most major X-Men characters, they could have really used those guys in that fight. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my guess is it's multiverse. It'll be, that's when they'll actually introduce the Marvel multiverse. And, you know, if Sony can square out their shit with Disney by then, that'd be a great way to bring Miles Morales into the whole fold because you could have the ultimate universe be one of the multiverses and then Miles Morales' Spider-Man could show up and Spider-Gwen and all those characters, you could bring them all in. And Spider-Ham? And Spider-Ham, yeah, why not? <laughs> a live-action Spider-Ham? Why the hell not? I mean, they got Howard the Duck so and they got a, a talking raccoon. Why couldn't they have Spider-Ham? Well, Disney's making live-action versions of everything that's these it. days. Might as well make a live-action Spider-Ham. There you go. So, yeah, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. And I'll probably well, be completely wrong, because they'll think of something even cooler that we haven't thought of. But <laughs> in the meantime, that's what I think yeah, is going to happen. Perhaps during the five-year you know, five time jump, that's when the Fantastic Four got into their accident, and that's when they happened. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the other one of the other theories I like is that they talk about bringing bringing Namor in. Yeah. And they say that that one throwaway line in Endgame, where um, Okoye says that they detect a they detected a tremor in the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean. It's like we look into it by not looking into it was kind of her way of saying you know because Wakanda and Atlantis have their little rivalry. Right. That was her way of saying. You you stay out of this one, Black Widow. <laughs> I got this, and that could be. That's one theory: is that Black Panther two will bring in Namor. Oh, which sure, why not? And that could directly tie in with Fantastic Four too, because Namor was always involved with Fantastic Four. Tie it all together. I, like I mean, it. I gotta think. Probably not Black Widow, but maybe the Eternals will get. And and you're right, Doctor Strange two. One of them is going to have a post-credit scene that that alludes to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men somehow. The Black Widow post-credit scene will simply allude that she may not be dead. I'm fucking guaranteeing you that we have not seen the last of Black Widow. Mm, I'll believe it when I see it. Why would you bother having a Black Widow solo movie after killing the character off if you're not going to bring her back at some point? Uh, Come on. Please. And Scarlett Johansson would still play that character. And she's still young enough to play that character. You don't need to write her out like you did. Captain America made sense because Chris Evans didn't want to do it anymore. So, of course, you're going to replace him. Tony Stark, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, needed, you needed a martyr. You needed somebody to sacrifice themselves. And let's face it, Robert Downey Jr. is no spring chicken. So it was a good time to write him out. Well, you don't want my cynical answer for why they're making the Black Widow prequel. Oh, yes, I do. Not Nation wants to hear it. Go ahead. I think that they realized that they made a literal metric fuck ton of money off Captain Marvel. And these days, female-led movies like that do very well. So you think they're just jumping on the, she's the other female superhero we have, so let's give her her own movie bandwagon? Yeah, pretty much. I think they know that it's, it's a cash cow. There's nothing to lose since the character's dead. <laughs> right. I mean, they're telling a backstory here, but it's not like Captain Marvel's backstory who they have to work in in the future. They could tell whatever backstory they want. And as frankly, as long as it doesn't really mess up the story that's already told, 
it's a win-win for him. Yeah, it just has to fit into current continuity. And Marvel has caught a lot of flack, which I think is undeserved for their female characters. Even though I think they've had a lot of strong female characters, none of them were a lead until Captain Marvel. You know, you look at Pepper and and obviously Black Widow and Okoye and and Wasp and Shuri, if we're going to stick with Black Panther. You know, just off the top of my head, you're looking at a whole group of very strong, very well-written Gamora. Gamora. Even, well, I guess, are we going to call Nebula she female, or is she too much robot at this point? No, she's a female. Okay, fair enough. You know, all strong characters. I mean, the only really badly written female character in the MCU I'll go with was Jane Foster. Good old Natalie Portman? Yeah. Who ironically enough is coming back in Thor 4. (laughs) Well, but you know what? They gave it the, I can't pronounce his name, Taiki, Taiki, Watiti? Yes. He's handling that, and he's better. I, right. mean, I don't know who they're going to get to write it, but. Well, he'll probably you know, write it. Two, well, I mean, the first two Thor movies, you have Jane Foster, who every time she's not in Thor's presence, is this strong, brilliant woman who becomes a giddy 12-year-old every time she's around him. And it's like, oh, come on, well, really? Chris Helmsworth has that effect on women. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, yes, you know my office mate. She has a very special love for him. Mm-hmm. Did now? Did she have that special love for him when he was Fat Thor and when he was Big Lebowski Thor in Endgame? Well, I went to see Endgame with her, and it was kind of funny because I'm pretty. I, I didn't want to tell her about it, and I think when she when when they first saw that scene, I heard her go, "What the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I think she was she was a little taken aback by. I guess we're calling him Bro Thor now. <laughs> the big Thorbowski. On the feature on the Endgame DVD, that's what they call him: the making of Bro Thor. Oh. Which, uh, just to diverge for a second, I did buy the Blu-ray, and when I watched it, I found one thing that I missed that I was upset about. In the big scene when everybody shows up, when all the new Asgardians show up, mm-hmm. Korg and Meek are with them. Oh, yeah. We just didn't get to see them in the fight. But you you see them come into the fight, so they're there. Yep. I Howard. was a little worried why they weren't there. I would have liked to have seen more Korg and Meek. Howard the Duck was there, too. Howard the Duck was there. And they say if you look hard enough in the background, you can see Nova. What? The Russo said that he's there, and somebody found who they think it is. Really? Where they think he is. So maybe that's another movie coming up in the future. Or well, maybe mean, in Guardians 3 he'll show up. They've already established the Nova Corps. Well, and also they've also established that Thanos destroyed Xandar. Right. Likely meaning he destroyed the Nova Corps too. Right. So maybe last Nova standing. Yeah. But Guardians 3 needs to deal with Adam Warlock because that was a big cliffhanger at the end of Guardians Volume 2. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, that was the. I'm sure they'll deal with that. I just wish that they hadn't had their dust up with James Gunn. Yeah, they sorted it out. Much like much like Disney and Sony are going to sort out this Spider-Man nonsense. They sorted out their problem with James Gunn, and he's back on board for Guardians Volume Three. So all is good in the world. All better for it. Mm Hmm. So the other big bombshell that dropped this week, along with. Well, besides the Spider-Man nonsense, which, by the way, it's been producing some amazing memes and jokes on on the internet, I have to... True story. There was... <laughs> my particular favorite story, fake article, was the one where <laughs> Tom Holland, <laughs> Disney and Marvel will still get visitation rights <laughs> with uh, Tom Holland on holidays and weekends. <laughs> Wasn't that an Onion article? Uh, it, was, it was It was. some satire site, and it was well done. I got to give props. That was. That brought a that. smile to my face. I think we actually, we might have posted that one on the Not Another Nerdy Facebook page if people want to go check that out. Um, <laughs> they can see what I'm talking about. It's rather humorous. I enjoyed that. But yeah, so besides that, there was another big bombshell. Apparently... Keanu Reeves, everyone's favorite hitman, John Wick, 
Well, he's returning to what made him famous. And yes, Bill we all. Well, we, going to be a Bill and Ted. 3. We all know he's doing Bill and Ted three. They're currently filming that. But I mean, the other Point role that made him famous. Point Break two. Nope. Damn. What else made him famous? He's coming back to be Neo again. He's going to be in Matrix four, and apparently Carrie Ann Moss is coming back as well, which means I'm sure Lawrence Fishburne isn't far behind. And uh, one of the Wachowski siblings is involved. Not both, but one of them. Lana Wachowski, I believe, is going to be writing and directing Matrix 4. And it's confirmed it's happening. So what do you think of that? Is it going to have a plot as incomprehensible as Matrix 2 and 3? <laughs> I'm hoping it negates Matrix 2 and 3. <laughs> Like, Holy shit, were those movies hard to follow. I mean, visually they were awesome. Visually they were awesome, I will give you that. Um, but the story was so freaking hard to put together. It was convoluted and confusing. Very. So hopefully they can they can tell a good story. Because I, I still think the first Matrix is one of the best sci-fi action movies that's ever been made. Agreed. Definitely top 10. Oh, yeah. It's in the Pantheon up there with, yep. you know, T2 and... Aliens. Alien, yep. Absolutely. Movies like, you know, it's up there with them. But 2 and 3 were just... Looked great, but you did... What the... I got... I finished <laughs> watching them the first time I remember. I'm like, what the hell did I just... What? Uh-huh. Your head hurt. I, and remember, I'm the one who figured out Inception on the first time I saw it. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it wasn't that hard. That's what she said. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, that's so. Well, that's. I'm looking forward to it. I will see it. I'll take an ibuprofen beforehand. And go in expecting a really cool ass movie. Well, it's going to more of that. It's kind of. It kind of has to negate Matrix Three at least because they killed Trinity, and I think neo ended up sacrificing himself i haven't seen it in a while but i know trinity trinity died yes she did and neo was blinded and carried off towards the end and i thought he sacrificed himself so (laughs) they're gonna they're gonna have to undo that somehow can we touch on another tiny elephant that's in the room on this one yeah go ahead okay keanu reeves apparently has been constantly rejuvenated by his good deeds in life Mm -hmm. and is sort of aging in reverse or at least aging very slowly. I'm convinced he's a vampire. But a good, good kind of vampire. I guess. I've heard so many stories about how nice a guy he actually is that I tend to believe it. Mm -hmm. Like you've heard the story that he gave his bonus for the Matrix movies to the stuntmen. I did not know that. No, he he got a big-ass bonus, and he divided it up amongst all the stuntmen on the movie. Well, that was nice of him. Yeah. You know, you keep hearing these stories about him, and he's just one of those... He's like, he's like Dave Grohl. He's one of those genuine, nice guys. He's like Justin Timberlake. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. At one point, you wanted to hate him, but then you realized you can't because he actually right. is he's a human being. And you could see yourself hanging out in a bar and having a beer with him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he would probably pick up the tab without you even knowing. That's mm-hmm. the kind of guy he seems to be. Carrie Ann Moss, however, well, I'm sure is a wonderful human being. After Jessica Jones, time has not been kind to her since the last Matrix movie. <laughs> so you're saying maybe they should CGI Trinity and... Just they have they may have voice. to because oh, you're rude. That's I'm, not nice. I'm, no, I'm just saying she she hasn't hit the, she, she looks exactly the same. She hasn't hit the wall that hard. She's all right. No, but you know t- you're aware time has passed. Well, obviously, has she aged as well as Marissa Tomei? No. You like Holy how I did shit. that? You like how this I brought? Second, you like how I brought back Spider Man? I've heard that exact phrase uttered. Because it's true. Marissa Tomei, Aunt May, 
in the Spider-Man yes. movies is smoking. No yeah, flies on her. No, no, she's a she's a very gorgeous woman. It's a handsome Hard woman. Right she's got to be what fifty something now. At least. I mean, that's what good living gets you. Right. So yeah, Carrie Ann Moss has not aged as gracefully as Marissa Tomei, but she's no slouch. No, no, but they just have to. I mean, she's I mean, at least like her body. She's in decent shape. Like she didn't look out of shape in Jessica Jones, if I remember correctly. She seemed fine. She seems like no, she could no. still pull off tight leather. Let me just put it this way. She looks her age and Keanu Reeves doesn't. Fair enough. You know, I'm not saying that she's, you know, she's gone the full, you know, Macaulay Culkin looking like a half dead heroin addict. Oh, my God. Poor Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he is. He well, that's what that's what, you know, chasing the dragon will do to you. But on the other hand, you know, Keanu Reeves, like we said, is a vampire who looks the same. Maybe he's Dorian Gray. Who knows? So I'll be interested to see how they handle how they handle that. Because you're right, she died at the end of Matrix Three. She sure did. What? <laughs> I mean, and she didn't just die in the Matrix. She died like in the real world. Yeah, she got stabbed, didn't she? Like in yes. the middle, like like That's bad right. gut wound type thing. Yes. If I remember right. I yeah. believe that is what happened. And then Chelsea. Neo got blinded. Yes. So, I don't know. They're going to have to undo all that. And when's that going to come out? Next year, year after? I imagine a couple of years. They just announced it. They they probably aren't even going to start producing it until next year. He's oh. probably got to write the script. I don't even think any of it's... I mean, maybe it is further along than we thought, and they just kept it under wraps. But I do love, love, love the original first Matrix movie. It's definitely one of my favorites, so... I'm excited. I'm looking forward to what they can do. I have faith in the Wachowski siblings. Now, here's here's the question. Is Hugo Weaving coming back as Agent Smith? Because he is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite characters in the Matrix universe. And I just feel like it won't be the same without him. Oh, and he's such a good bad guy. Oh, he's perfect. Mr. Anderson. His cadence, just the way he he speaks, it's just he's creepy. He's awesome. He's just awesome. Agent Smith is awesome. Great villain. Let's hope they bring him back. Yeah, you gotta you gotta bring him back. Hopefully, he'll come back. I understand he's kind of a dick actor (laughs) as far as actors go. He's kind of hard to work with. Maybe it'll turn out that John Wick was actually Neo. Oh. And it'll be a big crossover into John Wick 4. Maybe it'll turn out that John Wick is all taking place within the Matrix, and that's why he's untouchable and seems to be able to do all these amazing things. You mean be- like getting giant fights yeah, and the be- shirt never comes untouched? Right, and, and taking all these headshots and never missing, because he's actually in the Matrix. Could be. You never know. Could be. John Wick is Neo's twin brother, separated at birth. <laughs> Who knew? Well, I think there's one other, and I know we haven't touched on this, but one other bit of nerdy news this week that we can be we can wrap up with optimistic yeah. about. Okay, that Disney has announced that on their what's it called their streaming service Disney Plus. Yes, that one of the Star Wars series is going to be an Obi Wan series featuring Ewan McGregor. That's right. It has been confirmed. And now, don't you think it's ironic? Everyone was so up in arms after Solo flopped, and they're like, now we're not going to get our Obi-Wan Solo movie, because that was in the works. They were planning that. And then they got the idea to do Disney+. And I think that's the reason they kiboshed the Obi-Wan movie, because they realized we could tell this story much easier and make it a much better story if we did it as like a miniseries, like a television miniseries. And it would be the perfect thing to put on our Disney Plus streaming service. So I don't think Solo's bad performance is why they kiboshed the Obi-Wan movie. I think they just decided that the Obi-Wan movie would be a better story if it was in episodic form and not everything crammed into a two-hour movie. And you're probably right. And I... I'm I'm starting to get the feeling that the only reason Disney made Solo was because they had to. Mm-hmm. That it was so far down the line 
to being made that they couldn't stop it. I mean, to be to honest, Solo would have been a great Disney plus streaming TV show, like a 10 episode, you, you know. You, you can tell the adventures of Han Solo from the time he's a boy right. up until the time he meets Luke, which is about a, he was, what, what would you say? He was about 30? Yeah, he's about 10 years older than Luke and Leia. Yeah. So you you have a solid three decades of life. You could that's that's ten seasons right there. Right, culminating mm. with him going to Tatooine and ending up at the cantina and meeting Luke and then going off on his yeah, those and, adventures. And then we know what you happens could, from there. A long, long series out of that. The only trick would be finding someone who looked a lot like Harrison Ford. Well, um, so you'd have to change actors over time. So this Disney Hulu or this Disney. Plus streaming service thing is actually giving me hope because if they're willing to bring back Ewan McGregor to be in a TV series, maybe we'll get a sequel to Solo in the form of a TV series on Disney Plus. That would be good because, wait a second, would you say you now have a new hope? (laughs) Well played. Yes, I would say I have high hopes and new hopes. Well, I mean, Disney's already shown that they've that they're going all out for this because they totally cliffhanged Solo, showing fucking Darth Maul and Kira, yeah. and and then they just never explain what happened after that. That's it. That's we never find out because Solo performed poorly or not up to expectation. I don't even think it performed poorly. I think it just wasn't up to their expectations, so it didn't merit a sequel in their eyes. But maybe. They can finish that story and tell us what happened in a TV series. I'm sure that kid Aaron Eichenbacher or whatever the hell his name, Aaron Reich, whatever his name is, I'm sure he'd come back and reprise that role in a TV series. Oh, quite possibly, quite possibly. What I else mean, is he doing? Going to, look at look at the actors that they're getting into these shows. Yeah, Jeremy Renner's going to come back as Hawkeye, and. Uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan reprising Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. You're the, getting the guy getting who played Elizabeth Cassie. Olsen. The guy who played Cassie Sandor in uh, Rogue One is coming back to play reprise that role. And Alan Tudyk's coming back to be K2SO in in that series that they're doing. And in the Mandalorian, they've got uh, what's his name, Pedro Pascal. Oh, that guy. Game of Thrones. He's amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, they've they've gone all out with getting big name actors, film actors who you wouldn't think would do TV shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the one that knocked me over. Jeremy Renner didn't surprise me all that much, but getting Sam Mackey and and Sebastian Stan, or Anthony Mackey and Sebastian Stan, that's pretty big mm-hmm. to get both of those guys. Because I don't think either one's ever done TV. I, I think the biggest, though, is Ewan McGregor. Getting Ewan McGregor to come back and do an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV sh- series. First of all, if no one was going to subscribe before, they're definitely subscribing now. <laughs> I mean, if that oh, news does not make you yeah. subscribe to Disney+, Plus, I don't know what the hell's going to. No, no, that's a huge get. But they've basically got real film actors to make TV shows. Mm-hmm. And that just shows the commitment they're putting into this, into the service. And I'm, a, I'm happy to see it. Yep. It's a nice thing to see. I mean, and I think you're getting a lot of that with all the streaming services, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, they're getting really, yeah. they're all stepping up their game. Actors. Yeah. I mean, Amazon, like the boys, look at that. I mean, I mean, Carl Urban is really the biggest name, but it's still Carl Urban. He's, right. We know who he is. He's a film actor, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, it makes you worry for network TV. I mean, Jesus Christ, network TV, step up your game. These streaming <laughs> services are putting you to shame. Well, the problem is the streaming services have a bottomless supply of money. It so do to TV networks. Are you kidding me? NBC doesn't yeah, have a bottomless pit of money? Come on. I think the problem is TV networks have a lot of a lot of agreements with cable companies and whatnot that eats up a lot of their money. For example, look at the trouble that ESPN is in because of the ungodly huge contracts they've signed. Right. That really, you know, they've had to let quality talent go. And I mean, they're not actors, but you know, they've lost a lot of good talent from ESPN because they can't afford to keep them. And streaming services aren't burdened by that because they don't have to pay Comcast a fucking dime. Right. Hulu's the same way. I mean, Hulu's basically 
it's it's basically network TV in a lot of ways for free or for ten bucks a month. Yeah, it's you know it, <laughs> it's ironic, but it won't be too far from now that people are just canceling their cable service and just subscribing to all these different streaming networks. I mean, that's what you're gonna you're gonna have Netflix, you're gonna have Disney Plus and Hulu, and what what do you need regular cable for at that point? I'll admit, I still have cable, but it's mainly because I'm too lazy to figure out how to how to get all the streaming services. And <laughs> by the time you get all the streaming services, are you, if you're paying the same amount, does it really matter? Well, I mean, if each of them are 10 bucks and there's three or four of them, then that's 40 bucks as opposed to I, my cable bill right now is almost 200 bucks a month. Oh, my, that's right around what mine is. But that's you look at just it, insane. But by the time you get your, you spend your eleven dollars on Netflix and your ten dollars on Hulu and your six dollars or seven dollars on Disney, and then you pay your ten bucks for HBO and your ten bucks for for Showtime streaming, and then you got to pay your fifty or sixty bucks for your internet connection, shit starts to add up pretty quick. Yeah, I I hear you. You know, yeah, cable is ridiculous. How it's expensive. Stupid. I, I hate writing that check every month. Unbelievable. They should be ashamed. But, yeah, and they act like they act like they're in, untouchable when people have been cutting the cord all over the place, and it, it's becoming, you know, they're losing subscribers, and I think they have to work harder to keep people around. But I just don't want to end up paying one two hundred dollar check for my cable and internet being replaced by paying twenty ten dollar checks, <laughs> which is just annoying for bookkeeping purposes. <sighs> Pay online. Then you don't have to write any checks. No, but I got to write it down how much money I've left in my checking account. I get it. Oh, God. I don't know. It's You and I are of just the right age that we have seen more change as far as the way things are, business is done. Well, definitely the way, definitely in the way that entertainment is consumed. We have seen the dawn of the internet and (laughs) we've witnessed it blow out of proportion (laughs) when we were when we were kids i remember getting when we got cable for the first time i remember having a black and well do we have a black and white tv my brother and i did in our room no we had a color tv and i remember getting three channels we got abc cbs and pbs and oh yeah canadian television yeah you know what that is curling and hockey that's right i'm not kidding do you know how much curling and hockey i watched as a kid (laughs) Hockey night in Canada is just as big as the, back in the 80s as it was now. I believe And then it. I remember getting cable and having that brown cable box hooked to the TV by a cord. You remember that thing? I do. With the A and B channels? Yep. And, you know, we've gone from that and primitive cable to the internet streaming TV services. Talking TVs, TVs that listen to you. <laughs> it's fucking creepy. It's creepy. And, and Facebook listening to your conversations and then posting ads about something you never looked for before. Man, I do not like that. Yeah, you and me both. But yeah, look look at how far we've come. And I always say that, you know, rotary phones and metal ice cube trays were the signs of being old. Now it's knowing life before cable TV. Yep. Knowing what an antenna is. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Uh, and if the president was on, there was, yeah, no, there's oh, nothing yeah. to watch. There's nothing to watch. He's on every channel. He's on all three channels. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking Reagan was on TV all the goddamn time. Now, I'll tell you a funny story because you'll never hear this. My brother is the manager of a bank. Okay. Okay. He still lives in the same town where I grew up in New York, USA, Milky Way, Earth, Earth, Milky Way. He goes home at lunch. He times his lunch so he can go home and watch The Young and the Restless. Oh, my God. He's been watching this since he was in high school. And my aunt also watches it. And the Facebook conversations between the two of them when the president is on during The Young and the Restless are freaking priceless. (laughs) So your brother is a soap opera nerd. Yep. Wow. Yep. My to-be 50-year-old brother this year. Watches watches the young and the restless. Well, in his defense, when I was young, I watched General Hospital mainly because my grandmother did, and when she would watch me, 
it would be on ABC, General Hospital, Luke and Laura. Those were the big characters back then. So I would watch it with her. And some of those soap operas are very comic book-like. Their stories get pretty crazy. Well, So I can understand being a soap opera nerd. I personally wouldn't do it, but I can understand how someone would be into that. Here's a little backstory for me, not nation. Uh, when I was young, the school, my grade school was right down the road from my grandmother's house. So after school, I would go to my grandmother's house till my mom got done with the work and she'd pick me up. And this is when I was seven, eight years old, probably up till so grandma died. when you were, 11. you were still studying for the bar. Yeah, exactly. Pre-lawyer. Yeah, exactly. I went to a Catholic school, so I was already wearing a tie. There you um, go. So I'd walk to grandma's house. And you were already corrupt. Exactly. Before you were a lawyer. (laughs) Sorry. I know you get mad when I make fun of Catholicism. I apologize. And the Pope can stay in the Vatican tonight, Tom. I wasn't going to break out the Pope. (laughs) No, but when I'd get to my grandmother's house after work, she'd always be watching. It was always in time for the guiding light. So Guiding Light was on from 3 to 4, and then she'd let me watch G.I. Joe and Transformers from 4 to 5 until my mom yes. got there. Awesome. So when I got to college, one of my still one of my best friends to this day, he scheduled his classes around the Guiding Light. <laughs> uh, so I'd go hang out in his room. We'd watch the Guiding Light. I'd generally study, go to whatever classes I had in the afternoon. Then we'd watch Highlander and then go to dinner. Nice. Yep. Highlander, the TV show. Oh, man. 90s is that. Yep, USA's finest. That's right. All right, well, we have taken quite the trip down memory lane, haven't we, Not Nation? Haven't we? For those of you. memory lane, a little bit of the business discussion. We hit a little bit of everything. Star Wars, the MCU. We certainly did. We didn't talk about DC or any of that because there's nothing worth talking about. Well, at some point... We'll have to have a discussion about the Arrowverse doing. Yeah, well, once once all the CW shows gear up and they do that Crisis on Infinite Earths, obviously we'll be touching on that because I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, that's not till this fall, so nope. we got some time. We got time. So, anything you want to recommend to the knotheads out there, Mister Chris Todd? I can't think of anything too great. I mean, oh, I just watched a decent series on Netflix called Another Life. It's kind of a science fiction future series um, with Katie Sackhoff is the biggest name actor and actress in it. Or actor, I, I guess. love her. It's, uh, it's interesting that some sort of alien ship or artifact lands on earth and her husband is, is sort of leading a team of people trying to communicate with this object. And she leads a team of astronauts going to the planet where it came from. And it's kind of like a mystery series on earth and sort of a space horror story on her end of it. Nice. Uh, the guy who um, who played Superman on Small Girl, Small Supergirl. It's late. The guy who's been playing Superman on Supergirl on the CW is also on it. I, I don't know the actor's name, okay. but it's decent. It's ten episodes. Give it a watch. Another life. Cool. That's about all I got. Well, I will recommend Glow. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling Season 3 is now streaming on Netflix. Speaking of streaming services. True. It's very good. I haven't finished it yet. I'm on episode 4 or 5. I'm not sure. But it's great. It picks up right where last season left off. The girls are in Las Vegas trying to do a Vegas house show. And the first episode, the night of the debut show gets overshadowed by the Challenger space shuttle explosion. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. So it is historically, uh, they're touching on some historical accuracy here. Yes, the astronauts and uh, late Krista McAuliffe, the teacher, school teacher who went into space, they touch on that whole tragedy and it overshadows their opening night. And it's really interesting, and it's really well done and well written. And Mark Marin, who plays the director on that show, is awesome. If you watch it for no other reason, watch it for him. I'm convinced this guy should play Stan Lee if they ever make a biopic. He would be perfect. But he's great, and it's great. The show is great. Allison Breeze in it. If you ever, if you ever watched Community, oh God, I. 
Yeah. She, she's probably one of my top two or three celebrity crushes. All right. Well, her. then why are you not watching Glow? Because I was going to start it tonight if we weren't recording. For the uh, record, in season one, you see her tatas. Mm-hmm. If you need another reason to watch it. There you go. It's one of the greatest moments of my life. Fantastic. She's yeah, awesome. So it's great. Watch Glow. And that's my recommendation to you, Not Nation. And that's it. That's all I got. So, on behalf of my magical and metal co-hosts, of course, Frick and Frack, who aren't here and couldn't be bothered to join us, but the man who did show up, the official attorney of Not Nation, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Christopher Todd. I just don't have a good sign-off saying. It's all right. You'll come up with something. <laughs> I mean, this is only like your 10th episode that you've been on. You'll figure it out eventually. My name is my name is Tom Van Zandt. This has been Not Another Nerdy Podcast, Sans D-Rock and J-Money. Epis- we miss you both. Yeah, whatever. Episode number 71. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Librarian Kate. You were awesome last episode. She's not here, you know that, Tom. No, I know, but she listens. She'll hear that.